Welcome to the Eat Local CNY podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. In this week's episode, my guest is Chef Victor Ramirez. He is the chef and owner of Madison Bistro out in Wampsville, New York. Well, a little history about uh, me and, and Victor here. Victor and I met uh, a number of years ago. We talk about it here in the podcast, but I had made a post at the time I was doing one of my, I'm going to go eat at these 20 different restaurants and get their hamburger and decide which one I think is the best type of posts. And I forget where I had gone, but Victor commented from uh, the restaurant's Instagram account and, and posted and said, hey, if you want to try a real burger, come out and see me in Wampsville. So he and I were uh, messaging a little bit back and forth. I wound up going out there one night for dinner and sitting down and I think it turned into like a two-hour conversation. He made me a burger. I believe I think I ordered the burger, and then he made me like a bunch of other stuff. And you'll hear a bit of his history, but Victor's from originally from San Antonio, Texas. That's where he lived uh, with his wife, and they were out there doing their thing. And then Lisa is from the Rome, Oneida area, I believe. And so they had uh, uh, moved back here, and that's how Victor got here and in uh, central New York. I used to live in Colleen, Texas, which is only about uh, two hours maybe away from San Antonio. And so I was there for a couple years and it was just really nice. At the time that we had first met, I had just moved back to Syracuse from Texas, uh, maybe a little under a year prior to meeting him. So as much as I loved being back in Syracuse, it was nice to meet somebody that was from there and kind of got it, you know? And so, uh, yeah, and Victor and I have stayed in touch, and um, yeah, man, I'm just really glad to know him. I'm really glad that he's making the the great quality food that he is making out in Wampsville, and I'm really happy that I was able to have him uh, here on the podcast for this week's episode. This week's sponsor for the Eat Local CMY podcast is all of the restaurants affected by the coronavirus. It's fucking weird out there right now. I mean, to think I'm recording this uh, the Saturday or Sunday, the podcast comes out tomorrow, and it was last Saturday, I think. I'm pretty sure it was last Saturday. It's it feels like it's been a while ago. I was uh, when really kind of a lot of this stuff started to hit, um, at least here in the states and in New York, or maybe it hit before that, but. You know, things take time to really affect Syracuse. And so last Saturday was maybe the day that it was like kind of, all right, it's a little weird to be out there. But I recorded an episode of the podcast and then was out in the world. <laughs> like, you know, things were still sketchy, but I was out there. Um, and now, granted, it's a Sunday, but, you know, I've been out and about uh, back and forth to the studio here today and there's nobody out there. I mean, there's people getting pickup orders, but nobody for the most part compared to a normal Sunday. No one is out on the streets in downtown. It's just strange. It's really fucking strange. And especially this week, I've been fielding questions from restaurant owners um, asking a lot of them just don't understand with like the new, you know, Governor Cuomo uh, making new rules. Uh, so, you know, every couple days 
for how businesses and restaurants should be operating, which that is not a criticism of it. It's necessary. It has to happen because, well, we'll get to that next part here in a second. But with things changing so frequently, restaurants are wondering, are they allowed to stay open? I mean, we're sitting here Sunday, and I just got a a message from a restaurant and business owner earlier today saying, hey, uh, just so you know, you know, stop telling people to go support local like everybody had to shut down because Cuomo said no essential, you know, all non-essential businesses need to shut down. I said, well, restaurants for takeout and delivery are considered essential. So uh, my point is so much stuff is changing and, you know, there isn't like an official uh, person. I mean, there is. Right, right. We have the city, we have the county, we have the state, we have the nation, we have the federal government. But it's not like all these restaurant owners are getting a call from the government saying, hey, did you hear our announcement? Um, you know, these are the new <laughs> changes in place. So it's just it's crazy, 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 crazy fucking times. Um, I was talking to another restaurant owner earlier this week who was saying and their restaurant completely shut down from day one. They didn't try and make it with takeout or deliveries, just bam, closed. And he was saying the hardest part about this is not knowing when it's going to end. There's no timeline. Nobody said, hey, it starts today and in 45 days you can be back open. I've talked to some business owners who have begun laying people off and because they have to, um, who've begun laying people off and they're saying, um, you know, they're saying basically if things get back when we return from this, when things stop and if things get back to a hundred percent where they are today, then you'll be, you know, welcomed back in. And it's just like that. What do you mean? If things get back to a hundred percent, this, I think that's, maybe one of the most challenging parts for me to think about everything that's happening is in one regard, I look at like, all right, your business has to pivot, right? You know, you were used to this. Now you have to start doing this. If you want to stay open, if you want to make money, if you want to be able to employ and keep your staff employed, you know, like you just have to pivot. It's as simple as that. But the thing is, nobody really knows when this is going to end. Um, I really pray that it is soon. I don't know what soon means, but I pray to God that someone somewhere, some genius in some laboratory is working on some cure or vaccine or whatever it is that we need, that someone somewhere has their funding and has their staff and that they're on the verge of doing something and it's just then going to be shipped across the world. No one really knows when there's an end in sight. And when there is an end, is it just going to be like, hey, Monday, we have the cure. Tuesday, everybody gets it. Wednesday, everything is back to normal. All the restaurants open back up. Their menus, like, things are going to be different. It's strange. I don't, there's really nothing more for me to say in this than just to kind of get this off my chest. Things are fucking strange. And that's it. If you're a restaurant owner that's closed up completely, man, I am, I feel for you. I have zero clue as to what you're going through. I hear it in some of your voices, you know, the the despair, the sadness, and Jesus Christ, man. If there's anything that Eat Local CNY or I can do for you, reach out. 
for those of you that are still open doing takeout and delivery, you know, stay safe. I mean, listen, just clean the shit out of everything. Make sure your staff are, you know, following the precautions. Make sure you're not crowding the inside of your restaurant with like 100 customers waiting for their pickup order. Like I know money is money and you got to stay open and bills have to get paid. But by all means, please stay safe, stay healthy, be smart, follow precautions. Not saying you need to close. I'm just saying be smart with it all. So, well, that's it. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Vic because we don't talk about coronavirus once. So here's my conversation with Victor Ramirez from Madison Bistro. It's uh, it's been an interesting, you know, like, I mean, hell, I, I when did I mean you and I first met like three years ago? Yeah, back when like I first started. I feel like it was probably right before you got started. Yeah, yeah. You, but the idea was there, and yeah, I saw you on social media and what you were doing, and reached out. And yeah, man, I I was telling somebody this story not too long ago about how you and I connected, and it was. Basically, I, I forget where I was, where I had posted the burger, the picture from, but I was like trying to do a, uh, uh, my version of a, who has the best burger in town. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I posted a picture of a burger from somewhere and you commented and we're like something to the effect of, if you want to see what a real burger tastes like, stop well, out the Wompsville. <laughs> something like that. Not quite like yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, I'll be out there. Yeah. And yeah. then, I mean, hell, you grew up in San Antonio, right? I did. Yeah. I did. And I had lived in Colleen for a couple of years. Actually, at that point, I had pretty much just been back, like maybe a year or something, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, man. Small world. Yeah. It gets smaller every day. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to meet someone who had uh, some connection to Texas, you know? And, uh, yeah. Because, you know, moving here, man, there was like just culture shock for oh. the first five years or so yeah i'm sure really 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 strange yeah riggies what the heck is that <laughs> you know yeah man tomato I... <laughs> what pie what yeah yeah so you don't get that in texas what is the what if you had to say if you if somebody was asking you Vic, what is the food of new york Let's we'll get a little closer. Let's say what's the food of Central New York? Ah, yeah. Say yeah. okay. Now, now yeah. <laughs> what would uh, you say? Well, you're looking at salt potatoes, mm-hmm. chicken riggies, tomato pie, Utica greens. Yeah, those are all the staples. Yeah, it used to be the Hoffman hot dog. Right. Yeah. Also, but I don't know anymore about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they still make. I don't know where their main manufacturing plant I for don't those either. is. But I know one of them. Uh, I'm probably going to talk out of turn with this. I don't know if they make the Hoffman hot dogs and like Coney's out there, but they do have a plant in just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. When I lived there, I used to drive from uh, Colleen up to Dallas, like maybe once a week or something like that. And I would always drive past on this one exit. There's this bright neon sign, like big sign that said Syracuse. 
And I think it was like Syracuse Sausage Company or something like that. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And my sister told me, because she lived out there too, she was like, yeah, that's where they make all the Italian sausage that gets sent back to Syracuse. I was like, I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's not right. right. She was like, no, it is. And then uh, this past like fall, I ran into this. I was connecting with her online, but I ran into this woman who is one of the owners of Hoffman's. And her name's Rebecca. I forget her last name, but she's lives in Texas. And I was like, is that your all's plan out there? She was like, yeah, that's ours. I was like, how cool is I that? I did not right know on. that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, the Lone Hoff- Star shines. Hoffman's may have lost their a little bit in Syracuse, but or in the central New York area, but they're made yeah. in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I moved up here, I mean, there was a few things I knew about already because I had visited with my wife. She's from here. Yeah. And so, yeah, I knew some of the stuff, but I had no idea how big Riggies were. Oh, yeah. You know? And then so when we opened up the restaurant and changed it over to a farm-to-table restaurant, I really made sure that we didn't do what already has been done. Mm-hmm. So it didn't want to be like the neighborhood diner and didn't want to have everything that everybody else has. I mean, right. You, there's so many places where you can go and get chicken Riggies, you know, or, mm-hmm. or they walk in to your establishment and they ask, do you have Riggies? No. Do you have pizza? No. <laughs> do you do greens? No. <laughs> well, what do you do? You know, it's like, well, take a look at the menu. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do steaks, barbecue, yeah. burgers. So if you had to say, what is the food of, uh, let's say, I mean, San Antonio would be considered, San Antonio, would that be considered still central Texas? Mm, South central. South central. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like clean, like, you know, uh, Waco, like those areas would be considered central and San Antonio is a good hour and a half south of that. Yeah. So what would you say is the food of that area? Of San Antonio? Yeah. Mm, well, chips and salsa for sure at every yeah. table. Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, chicken fried steak is really big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the uh, country gravy, um, enchiladas. Yeah. Yeah, man. Chips and queso. <laughs> yeah. Those are such great, like, different, you know, like uh, chicken fried steak and enchiladas. Are the you can go to <laughs> mix Mexican restaurants in, there's one I know of uh, in New Braunfels, Texas, mm. and they have mm. a separate area where they're making corn and flour tortillas right there on the spot, right? Mm. So it's all about Mexican food, Tex-Mex, yeah. right? Chicken fried steak is the first thing on their menu. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Texas. Yeah, so yeah, man. Yeah, you got to give them what they want. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's one thing I do miss uh, the most about Texas. Really, the only thing uh, besides a few of the people is the food. I mean, I was, I'd try to, I'd kill, and you probably do this, but a, a little bit, but I'd kill, I would kill to find somebody right here because, and we'll get to, Wompsville here in a second, but I'd kill to have somebody make killer barbecue mm. and wrap it in a tortilla. That is something that I miss from Texas. Like brisket in yeah. a flour tortilla that's been charred. Yeah. So it's not cold. Right. And brittle. Yeah. It's got some char on there. Yeah. Slap <laughs> some guacamole on there, maybe some pico de gallo, maybe a few extra Sliced jalapenos. Yeah. And yeah. God forbid somebody break, would make the tortilla themselves. Breakfast you know? of champions. Right yeah, there, man. <laughs> I went through this stint right before we left because Rebecca and I went to Hawaii for our honeymoon a couple weeks ago. And, wow. Uh, I don't think I would leave the island. Oh, man. We were talking, honestly, 
it's been a crazy two weeks since we've been back. I've been working every day since. Yeah. And, and congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And last night was like the first night in a long time, like and since we've been back, that we haven't done anything. We just sat home and, you know, chilled. Chilled. And we're just like sitting on the couch watching a movie. And I was like, we need to go back to Hawaii. We need to move now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like constantly doing something, huh? Yeah, man. I yeah. mean, I think like, we had a, we did a lot. And I, we had a great time. Um, and some of my favorite times were like sitting underneath a palm tree with a Mai Tai, reading a book, mm. staring at the ocean. Yeah. Like that was, yeah, it was ama- absolutely amazing, you know. Um, I forget why I told you that we went to Hawaii. Because you went to Hawaii, <laughs> we dude. To Hawaii. Come on. That's something to talk about. You know, right this there. episode's coming out in like two and a half weeks. And okay. in every episode, because I just re- finished up one with Full Bore, the guys at Full Bore Brewery in North Syracuse, and then Casey from uh, New York Mushroom Company. Yeah. And, uh, and the listeners are going to hate this because now this is the third episode in a row that I'm talking about Hawaii. Hawaii. So. There he goes talking about Hawaii again. <laughs> that is some black sand right in front of you in that jar. Oh, is that it? Yeah, man. I gra- scooped that up from one of the beaches we went to. Is that legal? I don't think so, but... <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> but yeah, man. So Very right before cool. we went... This is why I was telling you. Right before we went to Hawaii, you know, like the month of January, obviously we're going to Hawaii, so, you know, we want to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, and I'm going to the gym every morning, but I'm coming home, and that entire, like, month, I bought corn tortillas... I would like, you know, heat them up in the skillet, right? Get them brown mm, yeah. and crispy a little bit. And I would make scrambled eggs with cheese and then a tomatillo salsa. And I had two of those every morning for <laughs> breakfast right after getting back from the gym. Yeah. Gluten-free, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to get yourself a little comal. Mm, yeah. Instead of using your... You can use a cast iron skillet, but yeah. if you get like your little comal, yeah. you can just set that right on the burner, yeah, and it'll man. stay hot, so yeah. you can turn it off and then still use it. Yeah. There's like... I mean, you can wrap anything in like a good tortilla, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than a fresh corn tortilla. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh. So, so how long have you had Madison Bistro open? Ten years. Wow. We're in our 10th year now. That's just amazing. Yeah. Huge, huge blessing. I mean, it didn't start out the way we wanted it to. Uh And then we just kind of rolled with the punches. Yeah. And truthfully, there there were several pivotal points. Um, The first one was our our customer base. They got us. They Mm -hmm. understood what we were doing. That's cool. And and they come in, and then you have these people who come in and have the same thing every time. Yeah. But there are a lot more customers that we have that change it up and mm-hmm. get something different every time. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Mm. And uh, and their return customers, and then using the POS system with Square, that's really helped. Yeah. Keep track of uh, our customer base. Mm-hmm. Not so much the food. I mean, because I could tell you off the back of my head, you <laughs> know, the, the, what or how many of each item we sold, yeah. roughly, you know, but uh, it does help with inventory. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then another one happened a few years later with the um, the Beef Council. Mm-hmm. And that's all thanks to Facebook, too, man. I just, mm. like, scrolling, and then there was a sponsored mm. spot. Yeah. And it was the New York Beef Council throwing it out there saying, who's got the best burger mm. in the state of New York? I thought, wow, <laughs> what are the chances <laughs> of this? 
So what can we do to get in the top 10? Mm-hmm. So I sent it out to all my friends. And uh, I don't, at the time, I didn't really know a lot of people okay. here. I mean, I, I have like, I don't know, 3,000 friends on Facebook. Uh-huh. I don't know, but maybe 50 of them. Yeah. But not being from here, mm-hmm. I'm constantly sending out friend requests yeah. to uh, to expand my network. Right. And it's worked. Yeah. And uh, so the Beef Council creates these platforms mm-hmm. for businesses to throw their name in the hat hmm. at, at no cost. It doesn't cost you anything at all. That's cool. And, uh, you know, there uh, there are some businesses that don't really need the promotion, you right. know, like some steakhouses like in New York yeah, City, right. you know, like the ones in Long Island or the other Madison Bistro that's on Madison <laughs> Street in... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, in New York City, you know, the, yeah. I think they just closed too recently. Oh, That's, really? Uh, yeah, it breaks my heart when that happens. Oh man, um, those those places don't need that kind of promotion. But smaller businesses like mine, yeah, I realized that this was an opportunity to really go for it mm-hmm. and and let the chips fall where they may, you know. Yeah, hmm. and uh, and it worked in our favor. That's cool. Yeah, I get the call and say, hey, this is the New York Beef Council. We're here to tell you that. You've got not one, but two burgers in the top 10. Wow. That was a couple of years ago. So we had the Elvis burger Hmm. and the Texan burger. What was the Elvis burger? The Elvis burger is just a bacon cheeseburger with a bunch of fried onion rings on it. Okay. And the Texan is brisket on the burger. Yeah. Served with pickles and onions, of course. Right, yeah. And um, they said, that's the good news. Bad news is you can only choose one. Hmm. I thought, what? That's like having two kids <laughs> saying, sorry, Timmy, you can't go to Disneyland. <laughs> Your sister's going to go. <laughs> you know, I was like, you can't do that. You know, no, you can only take one. So we went with the Elvis burger because it's just ridiculous. You know, yeah. it's, it's a big, tall burger. Yeah. Right? And that worked in our favor. We came hmm. out fourth. Wow. So the next year I thought, you know what? We need to put the Texan back out there again. Yeah. And it made it into the top 10. Wow. Again, and this time finished third. Hmm. So we're inching up a little bit. You know? Yeah. I've, I've been told one of the things that, uh, well, whatever it is, you can't enter the same burger year after year. Is if, that right? If you win. Ah, uh, if you win. Okay. If you win. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you think you're going to enter the Texan or the Elvis again? Or you think I think you're we're going to go with the Texan again. Yeah. Oh, you're going to refine it instead of having the barbecue sauce right on there. Mm-hmm. We're going to serve it on the side. Okay. So the beef flavor is forward. Okay. So you get that burger that's just seasoned with kosher salt. Yeah. And then all that smoky beef uh, brisket. Yeah. Really coming through hmm. with the beef flavor. Yeah, man. And and that's what, they're really, that's what they're looking for, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the beef council wants, yeah. to, you know. They, they told us that the reason the Elvis came in fourth was because um, the onions took away from the flavor of the beef. Hmm. So yeah. you got these big, crispy, salty onion rings, yeah. which are delicious right? and fun to eat when you yeah. eat this towering burger. Yeah. But if you're the New York Beef Council, what are you looking for? Yeah. Beef. Yeah, for sure, man. So that's what I'm thinking about doing this mm. year, yeah. putting it out there again and uh, hmm. letting, letting our fan base uh, and our followers uh, and our supporters yeah, man. do the work. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, just yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think because the people who, who uh, Alan Angus won it. Is that right? And they had their. 
Yeah. I ha- I tried that burger. That was their beef on whack burger. They've done it a couple of times. Yeah. Though. And uh, it was like um, prime rib. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, man. And then hmm. last year was sliced roast beef. So I thought, yeah. wait a minute. Come <laughs> on. That's kind of the same thing, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, shaved steak. Oh no, it's it's sliced steak. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, you know, wait a minute. But he won. I know he won. And, yeah, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for beef. Yeah, for sure. You know, they want the beef flavored in there. Yeah, and so that's that's really how does those that... platforms have really helped us? Oh yeah, you really can't. I mean, you know, um. The New York Beef Council on that platform is a completely different story because that is a big platform. It is statewide, man. Yeah, for sure. And um, for a small restaurant, I don't think you can um, really pass up on opportunities like that that are big or small. You shouldn't. I mean, I've ran into I've run into some restaurant owners in the past who are like, we don't do any events. They very rarely pan, you know, whatever the yeah. case is. But there's stuff like that that really get your name out there a long way, you know. You'd be surprised what it can do for you. Yeah. So when you're entering in that competition, are, what kind of rules are there? Like, do you have to use, like, beef from a certain place? Do they provide it? you have to cook it a certain way? No. It no. just has to be something on your menu. Huh. You want it mm. to be something on your menu so your customers yeah. can, can get it. And if you win or place, you know, yeah. all those people are coming in. And Yeah. Yeah, mm. just like Marie Maciag, my sous chef. Uh, mm. <laughs> when last this last year, when we uh, the Texan came in third, mm. people started coming in again after mm. the contest, but they were still ordering the Elvis burger. Mm. Now we batter those onion rings <laughs> to order. Oh wow! Right. So she was like, "This is so last year, <laughs> 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 making those ridiculously tall Elvis burgers." But yeah. you know, we went to. Um, we went to listen to this guy talk at a food show. I forget his name, but he was from L.A. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with a lot of, like, really big companies like Sara Lee, mm. um, Chili's, you know, all these really big chains. Yeah. And he's helped them format their marketing mm. whatever yeah. strategies. And just listening to this guy talk, and he said, these are the golden rules. Mm. You don't break these rules. You, number one, you don't, um, what did he say? You never take out your 401k to start a mm. business. Guilty. <laughs> oh, really? All of it. Yeah. Wow. All of it. Ten years ago, right? Yeah. Not my wife, so she's still covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we still have a little nest egg. It's just, yeah, but mine's all gone. Yeah. Not yet. It's, we're, retu- we're waiting for the return. Yeah. It'll come. Uh, the other rule was... Uh, Never start a new business in a building that had a previously different business in it. Hmm. We did that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He like had all of these rules, you know, golden rules, and like, man, we broke all of those rules. Wow. And I like to think that we were one of the first ones in that. I, I like to call it the um, Route Five corridor. You're, you're between Chittenango and say Vernon Center. Yeah. So you have. Um, Cheryl, Oneida, Canastota. Yeah. Durhamville's off to the side a little bit, yeah. you know. That we were the, one of the first ones in that area. Yeah. To break the rules. Hmm. 
not have chicken riggies. Yeah. And uh, not have a Hoffman hot dog on the menu. Yeah. Although we did at one point. Or we did chicken riggies as a special. Yeah. Um, now we just do it as a soup. <laughs> That's cool. We use a little tiny. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tastes just like it. Yeah, man. It's delicious. Huh. Yeah. You know, like you say that in there's um, Andrew and Jamie who own... Um, Oh man, that coffee shop in Cheryl, what the hell is the name of it? I sold them coffee and I've had them on the podcast. Uh something leaf? Green oh. something? No, that's not oh man, it's escaping me right now. I know it's over there by Ebenezer's, right? It's right now there's like a there's the post office and there's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. traffic light, you the, know. The, the Chinese restaurant is over there. I think yeah, like and that plaza. Sushi East is right there. Yeah. That's some really good sushi too. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> Come yeah, on, dude. man. That's good, good sushi and I'm Cheryl. telling you that dude knows what he's doing. Really? Oh my god, the octopus is like right out of the water. So what? fresh. It's sick. What? Six <laughs> stupid good. I could eat. I could eat it till I'm sick. Yeah, really. Yeah, man. Oh my god, I've it's, made fun of that place in my head so many times no, when I drive by. No. It. And I think it's the same dude that owns a Chinese restaurant on the end. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's absolutely wild. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. They're super yeah, nice man. people. Hard working too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, Andrew and Jamie, I mean, they're doing their own fresh fermented stuff. They're pickling all their own stuff over there. They're making like their own, I believe, kombucha, like kimchi, pickled I, everything. Yeah, doing I can't do own. that kombucha stuff. Really? Like, uh, whatever it's called. I can't. Yeah. You know, uh, I get into it a, like a little bit. And I like it. Not my wife bad. tells me, well, that's because you have so many problems in your gut and it's cleaning it out. Yeah, well, I don't like it. Yeah. Why can't we just have water? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but I, I'm sure if somebody, if I went to like some yoga studio and I had a kombucha from there, I would be like, this is disgusting. I'm never going to touch this again. I like the uh, Wegmans. <laughs> the Wegmans, oh, yeah. like the, the everyday man's a kombucha. A lot of people have it, man. A lot yeah. of people love it. I know. Yeah, we kind of go through, we haven't really gotten into it much this winter, but we did last summer. Yeah. Yeah. But they do that kind of stuff, and they're doing legit stuff, but in Cheryl, where, I mean, who the hell cares about that stuff in Cheryl? But they're, they've been there for a little, like, year and a half now, I think. And wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a struggle, for sure. Um, the first five years are going to be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, man. They're I'm, filled with days of, yeah. what did I get myself into? Worry. Yeah. Stress. What did you think it was going to be when you were first opening up? Did you think it was going to be that, or did you think that it was going to be, um, here I am in Wamsville, they've never seen this food before, I'm going to you know, kill it right out of the gates? No, you did didn't? not think that. Okay. I, I really didn't have time to think about it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was on the line. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just me, my wife, Lisa, yeah. and one or two other people, maybe a kid washing dishes. Yeah. And we tried to do everything. Hmm. And we did everything for the longest time. Hmm. You know, we we did inventory. We did ordering. We did cleaning up, coming in on a weekend, cleaning the equipment, Hmm. working breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. And and then washing dishes if the dishwasher didn't show up or we didn't have one, you know. And then cleaning the restrooms, Hmm. vacuuming, sweeping. You know, you do it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it wears on you. And then... You just don't have time to think about a business model or plan or anything like that. You just you're in the trenches, and mm-hmm. 
you, I know that I owe the bank, you know, because mm. we put the the entire four hundred one k out there to, for the down payment, mm. and then you get this huge loan, and now you're in it for like ten years. So, mm. yeah, you just got to keep grinding. Yeah, it's it's when you start bringing in the right people mm-hmm. to help you, and that's that was the hard part, mm-hmm. trying to figure out who was going to fit where. Yeah, and then all of a sudden these people just started falling in our laps. Mm. So we got a waitress, and then decided to. Do service, full service. Mm-hmm. So before they were coming up to the counter and ordering, most of it was takeout. Okay. And then when, so when we hired a server, um, but that changed the, the whole game for us. You know, it's like, oh, people are sitting down. Mm. And, uh, and then she was just happy as a clam to walk out of there with a few bucks and just couldn't believe it. And now she's like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> now, 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 uh, now they're doing great. You know, the wait staff yeah. is, is we have the nicest customers and they take care of the staff. That's cool. Even though they're all on, you know, payroll, you know. Yeah. Legit. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, yeah, uh, for the first five years, I would say, really didn't have much time to think about a business plan. It was just more about specials or um, the menu, tweaking it. Yeah. Couldn't do it overnight because it kind of just freaks out everybody. Hmm. You know, if you got a set base customer base of coming in on a regular basis, you know, um, they're kind of get used to the menu mm-hmm. and then you start changing things up too much, kind of freaks them out a little bit. Well, wait a minute. What are you doing? Are <laughs> you doing Tex-Mex? Are you doing barbecue? <laughs> what are you doing? You know? So we had to kind of like streamline it. Okay. We do anything we do. Barbecue is just the brisket, right? Yeah. So we don't smoke anything else. Hmm. Occasionally we'll do something special like the beef ribs or something like that. Yeah. So it was all about that. And then, like I said, when we ran out of those frozen patties that we had been doing the first couple of years, mm-hmm. and we ordered, we bought some USDA-grade beef from a farmer in the area, mm-hmm. th- that changed everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now we're on to something. Mm-hmm. That's when the business model started to change. Yeah. And I started thinking kind of like with the idea that what Red Robin was doing, having all these different burgers with different toppings on them. Mm-hmm. So that's something we could do. So we came up with an easy, quick menu. Yeah. And... Um, and then did specials. And some of them were like a joke. Like the Elvis burger was a joke, dude. Hmm. I served it when the the initial serving of the Elvis burger was done. It was served with a spoonful of peanut butter. <laughs> and nobody ate the peanut butter. <laughs> so we, then we stopped serving it with the peanut butter. And they're like, you need to bring that burger back. It was awesome. Okay. <laughs> just because it, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. You know? And uh, it just kind of took over. It was organic. You know, it was just yeah. something that kind of took over. And the customers really built it. Mm. So you accommodate by giving them what they want. Mm. You know, you try these different specials, something sticks, and you you put it on the menu. Yeah. Change things up. Yeah. How many subscribers do you have? I don't know. Um, You don't know? I don't know, man. Like, the... um, So, podcasting is still... It's... Well, I guess it's not that. I don't know. Um... Podcasting's changed so much. When I first, you know, I was trying to think. I was, I thought I did a podcast with you a while ago, but I think we just had a really long conversation one night at the restaurant. Yeah, um, we've done that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I, I first started the podcast, like the first year, so like four years ago, mm-hmm. three and a half years ago, and at that point, to really try and get something out to like iTunes and get your episode published. 
you had to really know something about computers, um, at least from my perspective. So I had my cousin who was our web developer at the time. She was like putting it out and it was just a process. Um, in the last like two years or so, um, a couple companies have popped up that like they distribute the podcast to every platform for you for free. Cool. So it's just like, if you can upload to Facebook, like make a Facebook post, you can upload a podcast. And, um, so that was a pretty big game changer. So we had put out like four or five episodes back in the day. And then it was just such a pain in the butt that, you know, I decided to stop. And then once I found these companies, we started putting them out again. Um, they'll tell me, they'll give me their version of the stats. Like according to their version of the stats, um, we have maybe 160 subscribers right now on a, and like the first week of an episode or maybe not subscribers, but like listeners. Mm -hmm. And that's just the audio. Then YouTube gets plays, Mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, they get plays, LinkedIn gets played, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the first couple episodes I put out was like last year. This time was maybe like 20 people in the first week. So it's definitely grown a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I was just listening to a podcast this past week with the guy who like invented podcasting. Hmm. And he was saying, there is no way that you can ever accurately get uh, the true number on how many people are listening to your episode. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, he's like, there's so it's not like Instagram where you can see or YouTube where you can see how many subscribers right. you have. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how many subscribers there are to the podcast. I know I get contacted more um, from people that want to be on, you know. That's cool. Yeah, it is and it isn't. I mean, there's some people that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to it, that's like a customer base, man. It's like, yeah, you, know, you got people reaching out to you. Right. Now you don't have to do the footwork. Yeah, for sure. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, up. you know, everybody I've had on, I've wanted to have on. I've reached out to uh, except for like a couple people that reach out to me. Casey from New York Mushroom Company, he reached out to me like a month and a half ago and was like, Hey, we bought a car and I listened to the podcast. I think it'd be cool to do an episode about us and about mushrooms. So I was like, yeah, that is interesting because I don't know anything about mushrooms. Hmm. Um, we had um, uh, Andrea Moranville, who's out your way. She was on um, uh, season four. She was on this past season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, she had reached out and she came up on like a weekday and it was, you know, had a podcast with her. That was great. Yeah, she's got a little thing going on over there at the mansion house yeah yeah so she does like she's doing good yeah so yeah so there's been a few for sure Um, it's nice to see that area that has grown it has mm -hmm. grown i mean you've got some really nice places she's doing great stuff over there of course you know she was on television and all yeah Uh, and then you've got a really cool place heading towards the casino uh creekside inn okay they're doing really good food there Hmm. if you go into oneida yeah You've got um, Hipster. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Hipster Cafe. Uh, it, it's coffee oh, shop, you know? And they, they serve, uh, I think it's Utica okay. coffee. Yeah. And cool. she does, like, these amazing pastries. She's a CIA grad. Oh, wow. You know? And they have, like, these really cool funky lunches that you huh. wouldn't normally see in o- Oneida. Yeah. 
right? Hmm. But uh, they're doing it, yeah. you know, and, and they're in it for the long haul. They've been there a few years now. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. it's nice to see that because, like I said, I really yeah. feel like we were kind of the first ones to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, they're in there, hmm. and, and Creekside Inn is doing phenomenal and beautiful dishes that are coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. So when you first started, it wasn't necessarily like a farm-to-table spot. No. No. The whole area was not. Yeah. It was all about diners and pizza. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's kind of like... Farm-to-table, I feel like, is... I mean, granted, that's like today's terminology for it, but back in the day, that was just like eating where you lived. Yeah. You know? I mean... Living off the land. Yeah. I mean, granted, Wampsville is like not... I mean, as much as it sounds like it is, it's not in the middle of nowhere at all, you know? <laughs> um, I go out to Wampsville to get my... Uh, do my DMV stuff, because it's, yeah, you yeah, know... Yep, it's uh, the county seat. <laughs> yeah, man. The courthouse is right there. The yeah. DA's office. The uh, Madison County Sheriff's office is there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But still... Back in the day, like you would think it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be getting in like all your Cisco's and your mains and Renzi's and all that kind of stuff. You would be hitting up your neighbor who's a farmer. Once we decided to do that, we realized, you know, wow, open your eyes, man. Hmm. I mean, we're surrounded by farmland. Yeah. And then to come find out like what, um, what Tim is doing over in, in Utica, you yeah. know, he's been doing farm to table too, but they're like, yeah. you know, they got these, this one steak mm-hmm. from this farm and a lamb chop from that farm, yeah. you know, it's like really, really refined of what he's going to serve. Yeah. And of course we all know he's doing, he's killing it, you know, yeah. he's doing stuff that nobody's doing around here. You got to go to New York city right. to eat something like that. Right. And, uh, well, I just thought, you know, that was amazing that mm-hmm. he was doing farm to table, but the way we did it is like we just bought the entire animal. Yeah. So I want the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. <laughs> we get the whole thing. And then Kelly Meats and Taberg, they've been doing business like 26, 27 years now. Hmm. So doing business with farmers that have been in business for centuries, well, not centuries, but decades. Yeah. You know, generations, generations. And, uh, and then also Kelly Meats as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been around for a long time too. Hmm. So it was like a no-brainer to do that and then get the first call from Denise over at Kelly Meats. And she's like, okay, the, we got your beef order ready. Hmm. How do you want it cut? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, the first time I was like, okay, I just want all the prime cuts, you know, get yeah. tenderloin, hmm. ribeye, New York strip, hmm. get them all whole, cut my own steaks. Hmm. And we weren't really doing dinner except for like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Okay. And then uh, hired another guy. Mm-hmm. Hired Marie. She was working with me during lunch and dinner on Friday nights. And then I just worked Thursday and Saturday nights by myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I was waiting tables, taking mm-hmm. the orders, ringing it up, cooking it, doing wow. everything. Because I only had like two or three tables. That was it. Yeah. In the evening. Right. Um, and then when we started hiring more staff... And then putting it out there that we were going to be open, well, then more people started coming in. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, man. And then hiring Dan and having him at night has really been helpful, too. So it's like, uh, okay, dude, uh, this is going to work. So hmm. how do you feel about doing dinner Monday through Saturday? Hmm. You're not going to have a night off. You're going to have Sunday off. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to work a few hours every night. But yeah. you're going to work every night. Right. You cool with that? He goes like, yeah, sure. Hmm. He's laid back. He's a really cool laid back guy. <laughs> 
and funny. Everybody loves Dan. He's really, really funny. Hmm. <laughs> he always cracks me up. But <laughs> that that was like solid. That that, yeah. that opened up more opportunity for us. And seeing that now, um, just recently took a vacation for the first time in ten years. You know. Wow. Yeah, two weeks away. Wow. Talk about leaving the baby behind, man. <laughs> How'd that feel? We, wow, dude. Well, we get on the cruise, and my brother and sister-in-law were celebrating their 40th anniversary, mm. and they had set the whole thing up with this taxi driver in Cozumel, because mm-hmm. they had been there before. Okay. So Julian was just like this taxi driver. is like, <laughs> we want to renew our vows in a couple of years, but we don't know really where. We want to do somewhere cool. Yeah. Because well, there's this church and there's that church. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's like, well, they own another spot just down the road. Hmm. It's like an open hut. And there's a restaurant there and there's restrooms and a place for you to get massages. And it's right there on the water. Mm-hmm. You can snorkel. Hmm. And so they did that. That's cool. So, yeah, it was very cool. So that was our first stop on the hmm. cruise to go to Cozumel. Oh, nice. Everybody was in guayaveras and white <laughs> pants and white dresses Everybody wore white. It was so <laughs> awesome. So very awesome. Met some fantastic people yeah. from all over. I mean, we were bringing it in from New York, but coming from Texas, there was a lot of folks in Texas. Mm. Uh, some of my uh, sister-in-law's family from uh, Monterrey, Mexico, mm. they were there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hearing the, the Spanish language, you know, mm. it was very romantic, yeah, to say the least. And mm. uh, yeah, that was amazing. But... When you're on the ship and you're out at sea, <laughs> the only thing your phone is good for, man, is taking pictures. <laughs> you can't check sales. You can't check email. Yeah. I mean, you could, but you, you pay for it. You know? oh, so okay. we didn't want to pay that extra 50 bucks a day or whatever yeah. it was. It's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So we went along with it and put the phones mm. down and just used the phones for pictures only. And oh, wow. It took a few days to get used to that. I think it wasn't until like, the, the ship left on Sunday. Mm. It wasn't until like, Wednesday. Yeah, we started to feel like, okay, this is vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, by Saturday, you're like, oh, man, I don't want this to end. (laughs) But we gave ourselves a few more days to go back to San Antonio, visit with my mom again. That's cool. And then we flew back. Yeah. uh, Like Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they um, they didn't burn it down. (laughs) (laughs) It's still there. there. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, they they um, you know, they they couldn't contact us. Yeah. That's great. They were going to have to just really lace up their boots and get to work and yeah. run it like they're, it's their own. In fact, that was one of the things I told Marie before I left. Just said, you know, Marie, you're going to have to treat this place like it's your own while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And she said, I already do. I said, damn, that's the <laughs> best answer anybody could ever give me. I felt so good hearing that from her. She goes, I already do. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, man. So I'm gone. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, yeah. So you came from food service way back in the day, like way back in the days and your Texas days, right? You were doing was, a lot for HEB. Oh, even before that, man, I was like 13 years old. My first job working in a German restaurant after high school, <laughs> go in there like five o'clock, get out at nine, mm-hmm. and uh, I did everything: wash dishes, pots and pans, bus tables. Mm-hmm. In fact, on my first night. I uh, helped a, one of the waitresses went out there and bust a table and it's like big, huge German dance hall. Hmm. They're they locking arms and they had the Oompa band going and mm-hmm. it was just amazing. I was like, wow, this is a huge <laughs> place. I had no idea because the kitchen was so small. Yeah. 
and Chef Raul had like this big fat cigar that he kept <laughs> while he was cooking. This was like in '79. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was in high school, and that was my first gig. Was that San Antonio? That was San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you were born and raised there. I was born in Seguin, which is a okay. little town just outside of San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. But we were living. My dad was a a barber for oh. uh, Lackland, I think. Oh, okay. Military barber. Yeah. Yeah. So when he cut our hair, <laughs> it was like newspaper was put on the floor, and there was a stool with no back, and he just <laughs> held onto that stool for dear life, man. And his shaking, nervous hand would grab your forehead, and those clippers went. <laughs> Next, I mean, it was really that fast. Like, oh my god, we were getting. The, the, That's the awesome. military buzz cut yeah. in, in the third and fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, man. It wasn't until middle school where he he stopped, and then we started growing it out. That's wild, hippies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I was working. Um, I was working at a diner. Okay, flipping burgers and uh, hmm. bussing tables and doing all that stuff like that. Yeah, and there was an H E B grocery store across the street. I just happened to be shopping for some groceries, and they were doing, um, like, this job fair. Okay. So I stopped at the desk and, mm. and said, I'm, I'd be interested in filling out an application. They said, well, we can do an interview right now. I said, well, I have my groceries with me. So <laughs> that's all right. They put them in a shopping cart and put that shopping cart in, like, the dairy cooler. Oh, cool. And I sat down and did the, an interview right there on the spot. I hadn't even filled out an application yet. Mm. And they had, like, a list of places that they could put me in. The first one was a deli, and I was like, no way. There's no way I'm slicing bologna. Because <laughs> I'd end up eating the slice for everyone I sliced, right? And uh, I, I just didn't see myself doing that. And they, But they were thinking food service because I was working at the diner across the street. Yeah. Um, then they said the only other spot they had available was uh, Market Boy. I was like, really? Is that the name of the job, Market Boy? I mean, that's what the guy told me, Market yeah. Boy. And I said, like, well, what does a Market Boy do? He goes, you do whatever they want you to do. Hmm. I said, like, okay, sure, I'll take that. He goes, okay, well, we'll give you a call. Sure enough, they gave me a call that same afternoon. Wow. Telling me to come back mm. with my application, and they wanted to talk and meet the uh, the store director. Okay. So I got hired as a Market Boy. My job, and that was in November. Okay. Early November. So my job was standing in front of a scale in this cold room where they had saws on the end. They were, like, cutting meats and steaks and stuff. And there's a big, huge grinder right here. And the door swinging out, going into the store. I had, like, these long white smocks on and this big, ridiculous hairnet. <laughs> and they brought in a pallet of turkeys, frozen, <laughs> and put an empty pallet on this side. I thought, oh no! I'm good. <laughs> let let me know when you're done with that. So it was like taking turkeys out frozen. Your hands are burning. Yeah. Right? They got no gloves, and, and and then if you knock your fingers when you're putting them in there, oh man, it's a busting knuckles. So did that for a few weeks. Yeah, and then Thanksgiving passed, and then it was Christmas. Mm. 
So I did. It was hams. Hams. <laughs> That's even worse because they have like this plastic mesh on them and all of that brine and salt is uh, in there. Oh, it geez. actually starts to rip up your fingers. Oh, man. And so I had like this weird reaction. My skin was starting to split and I was getting like oh. these like cuts and stuff on my fingers. Like, what's up with this? Jeez. So they just gave me some gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up transferring to like the seafood department which was right next door mm-hmm. only because they offered me full time oh okay so i was working full-time hours but i didn't have full-time benefits yeah and i was young i was married at the time had a baby daughter hmm. so that was really important that's yeah. why i took the gig i was looking for that the yeah. diner didn't offer that they paid me well but they didn't offer any yeah like that and know? heb i mean you know these are new yorkers we're talking to up here right so, so it's like equivalent to wegmans yeah exactly well central market is anyway yeah and that's when the door opened up for me because they opened a central market in Austin mm-hmm. and one of the managers from the I-10 diner was now the cafe manager mm. at central market in Austin, okay. the mothership. Yeah. Wow. And that cafe was huge. It was like a food court. Yeah. With you name it. They had a mm. bistro that did sandwiches and salads mm. and hummus and tabbouleh platters and desserts. Then you had a cowboy kitchen that did like steaks and grills and burgers and stuff like that. Italian pizza, pasta dishes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you come to the counter, you order your food and you get a pager mm-hmm. and it buzzes and you come to another counter and pick up your food and go sit in yeah. these enormous dining room with a balcony and there was a, a deck outside with this huge pecan tree in the middle of it. Hmm. There's like playground set up for kids. Wow. They had live mu- music. Marsha Ball was playing piano there. Wow. Yeah, it was like super cool. It was like, I want to work here. Hmm. I get to cook again. So Mark took me in. He was the guy that was working at the I-10 Diner and okay. introduced me to the food and beverage director. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how much do you need? It was hmm. like real quick. How much do you need to transfer? So I shot out a number which mark told me tell him you want x amount yeah and and i did and and it was nothing because i mean working at heb in the in the seafood and meat department i think i was making like five and a quarter wow at the time hmm. so i told him i needed nine hmm. and he said are you sure that's going to be enough because i don't need to hear a month or two later after you started and moved up here that you need more money because you're not going to get it for at least another year hmm. So no, 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 nine should be plenty. <laughs> and that was 94. Yeah. 1994. Wow. Nine bucks an hour. Wow. And so I was like, <laughs> banking. <laughs> that is wild. And and made the move. Yeah. And I was cooking again. And that was like awesome. And then San Antonio was going to open one. Hmm. So there was a team of us from Austin that was driving down there every week, hmm. two weeks, every day, actually. Two weeks prior to grand opening. Okay. And that's so like helping them hour with... drive? 45 minutes? Uh, about 45 minutes, yeah. yeah. Half an hour if nobody's watching. Yeah. Well, you're in <laughs> Texas and it's like... Well, speed limit is 70. <laughs> yeah, right. And but there is goes. a spot uh, between Waco and the Dallas-Fort Worth mm-hmm. split yeah. where the speed limit is 90. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Not very long, but for a few miles yeah. that... that don't go past 90 now. Right, yeah. What is it, I-35? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 35. Yeah, before yeah. you get to the Fort Worth-Dallas yeah. split. 
it's all just flat and yeah straight. there's nothing out there but be careful those vehicles get really light oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. when you're going 90 or your governor says nah shut you down right <laughs> yeah. um so yeah we're going there every day to help prep and get them organized for grand opening mm-hmm. and uh telling them that practice time is over we need to like yeah follow these recipes you know and uh the store director for the Central Market in Aust- in San Antonio ended up being the store director that hired me mm. at HEB. That's cool. Pat Brown. And so Pat Brown like brought me in and said, you know, if you want to transfer and come back to San Antonio, we'd love to have you. Hmm. And I said, what do I got to do? Because nothing. We'll do the paperwork for you. Wow. I said, cool. So it was done. Hmm. And like the next week, I was moving back to San Antonio and wow. I was working at Central Market. Hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I took over one of the sections called uh, CPK, Co-Pack Kitchen. Okay. So it's like at Wegmans when you see the the protein, the starch, and the veg already in the microwavable container oh, with the yeah. reheating instructions. We were doing that. Okay. But the planogram and the menu was bland and boring. Mm. So they allowed me to get creative mm. and uh, as long as I cost out the menu. Yeah. So I did all that. And uh, we created a planogram that was a little more eye appealing. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, 150% increase in sales. Wow. So I became like this golden boy <laughs> and everybody wanted me. <laughs> like I did some magic or something. No, I just made something a little more eye appealing yeah. with food. That's it. Yeah. You know, everything was like the same color. Hmm. You know, for the longest time. So when we changed that up and changed the starch and the veg so that it popped and there was more color. Yeah. Um, hmm. It increased sales. That's awesome. And then I had, I created a tool where I kept, kept track of uh, point of sales. They didn't have that. Oh, really? They couldn't, they couldn't give me that tool. Hmm. So I had to create my own. And I kept track of what was moving, what wasn't, hmm. what became shrink, what became garbage. Mm-hmm. And... uh what was selling, what wasn't. And, and that's how I created those pars. Hmm. And that's what helped the sales build. And so they had people coming through that were from all over the company hmm. coming through to check that out. They wanted to see what I was doing. It's like nothing, really, just <laughs> doing what should be done, right? Yeah. I thought, right? <laughs> so then you had these new stores opening up in Houston, hmm. Dallas, Plano. Hmm. And they were all wanting me to come on board and they were all offering me sous chef positions. Wow. And I was like, man, I don't want to move to Houston. <laughs> Nobody wants to move to Houston. Uh, the only thing I like about Houston <laughs> is that there's a ballpark downtown and yeah. you can hear <laughs> You can hear that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and the diversity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And uh Dallas, I thought, man, you know, there's almost like four seasons there. Yeah. And didn't really have that growing up in San Antonio. Yeah. Leaves go from green to brown. That's it. <laughs> Everything goes green to brown, and that's it. And right now it's sunny and warm, and everything's green again. Yeah. And then it'll go brown because it's too sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so I ended up taking a Plano hmm. job hmm. and went there as yeah. the sous chef for the grand opening. Wow. That's up by Dallas, right? Yeah. Okay. It's just north of Dallas. It's yeah. where the uh, the ranch for the the Dallas... Um, the 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 soap opera Dallas. Remember they would oh, like really? come down with a helicopter oh. and shoot the ranch house. <laughs> so that's in Plano. Oh wow! That that actual ranch wasn't very far from the apartment I had. Oh, that's cool. But at the same time, mm. the store in San Antonio knew that 
Lisa and I were dating. Mm. So they offered, and they knew that they were going to lose Lisa also. Yeah. So they offered her a position, <laughs> a huge management position, to, like store coverage. So wow. you're covering the entire store. You're blocking for the store director. Yeah. Basically, you're the right-hand person hmm. for the store director. It's an incredible opportunity for her. Yeah. Of course, she took it. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't married yet. Yeah. Um, so there I was in Plano hmm. making 37 a year. Yeah. Uh, not a bad gig, very mm. stressful, mm. Uh, but working all the time and not cooking, just managing, mm. writing menus, planograms, yeah. instructions on how to build the uh, the dishes. Yeah, portion f- four ounces of green beans on the left hand side of container. <laughs> Put you know, and you had to type all of this up, you know, yeah. and, and print it and give it to them. Yeah, for the employees to know how to do it right. These were the tools we we're going to create for them. So I was doing more of that and not cooking. Mm. So, and away from my girlfriend, I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this money? Pay for this apartment that I'm never at? Yeah, right. So, I'm out of here. Hmm. So, I stepped, ba- I stepped back down from the salary position mm-hmm. and went back to San Antonio to mm-hmm. be with Lisa and mm-hmm. took an hourly position and then ended up transferring into the cooking school. Okay. That's where I learned so much more about food, hmm. what I'm capable of doing with it. Yeah. And food from around the world. Huh. It was amazing, Anthony. We had yeah. like, we'd have like Martin Yan come in for lunch. Mm-hmm. So you knew what you were doing for him. So you had to mise out all of his stuff, right? Mm. Uh, for for his demonstration. Yeah. And you had to cook everything prior to that. Cause, and then we were serving it. We were flashing it in the oven and serving it or tossing the salad or whatever. Yeah. So these people would pay 50 to 500 bucks, depending on who mm. the guest chef was. So that was Asian for lunch. Hmm. And then you'd have somebody from, who knows, Cairo, Italy, yeah, wherever. Hmm. And so you had all this different ethnic food that wow. you were doing hmm. differently on an hourly basis. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And you'd, you had to plan and shop in the, in the store hmm. uh, for your mise en place for like the entire week. Hmm. So you knew, you had a roster of who was coming, and then you had to do classes of your own. Yeah. Wow. So I had I had to learn how to cost that out, hmm. uh, learn how to shop the grocery store efficiently and effectively and as quickly as possible, because I was being paid hourly, you yeah. know. And then you had to turn it on, because hmm. you're in like this, not quite a stadium seating kitchen, but it was it was flat. Okay. But we had like the demonstration table that was full kitchen, hmm. huge mirror behind me, mm-hmm. a couple of cameras and a couple of screens. Hmm. You weren't talking into a microphone because the sound bounced because the back wall was rounded. Ah, okay. And it was glass, and you could see down into produce and the mm. wine department and what we called Protein Alley, which was oh, wow. seafood and meat department. You could see all of that from there. That's cool. And uh, that, was, that was pretty incredible. Mm. That was probably the most knowledge I tried to absorb in just the two years that I was in the cooking school. Yeah, that's I've awesome. Got a, I've got books, man, of recipes. <laughs> I saved them all. Yeah. Saved them all and got as many autographs as I could. Francis Mallman came in there. Nobody knew who he was. Wow. Yes. He said he had some extra time because he finished early. And I think the customers paid like 100 bucks for the seats. Hmm. And we had like maybe 30 seats. And that was it. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. He just put out the book. Hmm. Uh Seven fires, three wins. Mm-hmm. Seven wins, three fires. Something like that. One of those. 
um, amazing book about cooking with fire. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. So planchas and grills and hmm. cranes and <laughs> putting a whole side of beef, a whole beef, how he started the fire hours before, you know, get the coals going and then put the beef carcass out there on top of it. And it wow. takes a day and a half yeah. to cook it, flip it over. Hmm. Nobody knew who he was. And so at the end of the class, he said, go down to the store. I want you to get some field greens, uh, some figs. He had it mapped out. He hmm. knew because he did a tour of the store. He's like, oh, wow. go to the produce department, get some field greens, get some fresh figs. Um, go to the bulk department and get some macadamia nuts. Hmm. I go to the deli and get some prosciutto de parma. Hmm. Make sure it's prosciutto, prosciutto de parma, nothing else. <laughs> and it's like the real stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and that was it. Hmm. And some lemons, some Meyer lemons. Okay. So I brought that up, and he did like this flat salad, hmm. and just kind of shredded the prosciutto. Yeah. And squeeze the lemons hmm. all over. Wow, just bumped it. <laughs> squeeze the lemons all over everything. He took the the figs and just busted them up. Wow. Did everything by hand. It was a flat salad. Huh. Olive oil, kosher salt. Wow. That was it. It was incredible. <laughs> I still make that dish for like family gatherings and stuff yeah. like that. I still make that flat salad. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, nobody knew who he was. Jesus. If he was to come in to the Central Market now, dude, there'd be a line out the door. Oh, yeah, man. sell that tickets for like, who knows, man, yeah. maybe a thousand bucks or more. Pop. Yeah. I'm just going to hit this again, the camera. And then I just want to cover a couple more things because I know you gotta, you're going to get going. That's wild, man. I yeah. mean, if there was like... I have dreams of like living a Francis Malman life, like, you know, like out in the stream, out in freaking wherever, fishing. Argentina. Yeah, man, like fishing. Being the gaucho. Yeah, like doing your stuff, man. That would be... People fly in to his ranch yeah. to dine there. Well, yeah, it's nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Rebecca, if you're listening... <laughs> I've, t- I've been telling her, because Rebecca really wants to go to... uh uh, Europe, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, we've been talking a little bit about like, what's going to be our next vacation and da 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 da. Um, uh, she really wants to go to like, uh, Ireland and England and, you know, visit Italy and mm-hmm. visit all those places. And, um, I'm like, yeah, I do that. And she looked at me and she's like, really? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I think that'd be great. We could go spend some time in Spain for a while and maybe go to Veta La Palma. And, you know? yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I haven't told her yet, like all of the food yeah. stuff that's associated with it. But um, yeah, man, I would love. So, honey, if you're listening to Argentina, that's our next spot. Yeah, man, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a f- friend of mine and I have been talking about cooking something underground, like burying it for like the last three years. It's not easy to do. No. I mean, you got, yeah. you got to make sure that you keep all that dirt off of it. So what yeah. are you going to wrap it in? Yeah. Burlap isn't going to keep it all out. No. Yeah. I did a whole hog like that for some friends, a farmer. Oh, really? Yeah. It smelled like, I mean, you could smell the pork the next morning. And all hmm. this smoke was coming out of the ground. Hmm. But uh, so we wrapped it up in chicken wire, mm, the okay. whole hog. Yeah. Wrapped it in chicken wire. And then I tried to lay out some banana leaf on top of it, okay. underneath it. And, yeah. But once you're dumping a bunch of dirt yeah. on top, you got the coals underneath. All right. It, and then we put some more coals on top and then more dirt on top of that. 
yeah, there was a little grit yeah. in some of the spots. It's not easy to pull off. Yeah. But uh, I, think that's, I think you could do it open pit. Yeah. That's why I like um, Rich at Eden. I don't know if you've seen his place yet or oh, not. Oh, I have. It's on my list. Yeah, man. Um, that's. I think that's one of the reasons why I just... I mean, it is one of the reasons why I love going there is... First of all, he makes the best potato I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I hate saying that because he does things that are so much more <laughs> complex and I'm sure better. Um, but the first time I ate there, I ordered like the hanger was steak, whatever it was. And it was these fingerling potatoes and they were the best potatoes I've ever had in my life. How did he cook them? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, um, actually, I'm just going to grab a tissue. I have I have no idea how he cooked them. Um, I mean, I know that he put them. You know, everything there is open flame, right? So yeah, I don't know. They were just amazing. The best potato, and it best was like potato you yeah, ever had in your best life. potato I've ever had in my right life, on. without without a doubt. <laughs> and uh, and it's just amazing. You know, I love going like there. I did it that time. Like I ordered the steak, and uh, you know, like the the kitchen that they have is like the bar at like the back of the restaurant. And if you sit at like the, the, then the actual bar, um, if you sit in like the last two seats, like especially the last seat, you could reach out and like, you know, shake his hand. I mean, you're wow. that close. Yeah. And you just feel this intense heat, you know, yeah. from the fire. And so I ordered the steak and then he looked up, he was like, that's what you're getting. And I was like, Listen, I'll have whatever you think I should have. Yeah. Whatever you think I should I love should doing get. that, going to a restaurant and just say, feed me, dude. Yeah. Whatever. And so he had sent out a couple things, but that, uh, those potatoes were just unreal. And, but I love that kind of, I mean, the man, like to not just be thinking about, I have to cook this dish, you know, like we have to get, like, we have to make the food, ticket times, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. to then think about like, I have to manage this fire <laughs> along with it yeah. is insane. Absolutely insane. That's a lot of fun, though. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, you think about it. You're just like cooking outside. Yeah. At the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. my favorite thing to do. Oh, Open yeah. Open fire pit cooking yeah. at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Everything man. has some kind of char on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't know what it is. I just love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So if there's, you know, if there's one type of cuisine, style of cooking, or one dish that you love cooking more than anything else, what would you say it is? Open fire cooking. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to, let's. And let's, it could be anything. It could be a vegetables. Okay. And I've done that. Just, you know, grilled yeah. a bunch of vegetables, sliced them. Yeah. And uh, proteins. Hmm. So let's pretend it's warmer outside. Because even though the sun is I'll shining. Do, I'll, I'll grill when it's snowing. I don't, <laughs> well, I'm not scared. Yeah. yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're going to go home today and you're going to, you know, well, let's pretend that you've already, you know, you've got things prepared, right? Because you've been planning this. So you're going to go home, you're going to build your fire and, you know, get things going. You're going to open flame cook at the house. Mm -hmm. What are you going to make? What am I going to make? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> if it was anything. <laughs> if it was anything. If it was anything. Everything's ready. You. What I've done in the past yeah. is one of my favorite things to do. And I do it as a gift. Mm-hmm. For my employees, I take uh, 
the whole beef tenderloin, mm-hmm. season it with salt and pepper. Yeah. A little bit of oil, not much. Mm-hmm. Get a good fire going. Get the grill really, really hot. Nice and brush it off. Nice and dry. And then mark it. Mark it. So you have this char. Yeah. It's rare. Mark, sear it all the way around on, on the flame. And, uh, and then let it rest. And then I wrap it up and I give it to them. So they can oh, throw it nice. in the oven. That's cool. And bring it up to whatever temp they want. Yeah. And it, it definitely smells like yeah. it came right off the pit. It's got that smoky mm. smell to it. There's not a smoke ring on it. Not yeah. like smoking brisket. Right. You definitely smell and taste the, that's the cool. char. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, I can't wait to <laughs> go home and cook. <laughs> um, which I'm not and going so to. Yeah. When, when you cook outside, do you use gas or charcoal wood? No, I use charcoal. Uh, I have a charcoal grill. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to replace it this year. Um, I don't know. We're going to see. Uh, we'll see. I need to really tone back my work. I mean, you know, we, I have our goal. My hope is to, um, within the next like five years, um, have turned this into such a successful business that I can go, we can go buy a place in Skinny Atlas, like a nice place in Skinny Atlas. Yeah. I mean, we kind of grew up there. We didn't grow up there, but um, ever my dad's from here. And back in the 40s, I think my grandfather had built, or maybe 50s, he had built, um, bought property and built two lake houses on Skinny Atlas side by side. Wow. And, um, uh, I think they were both families. He may have rented one, but I forget. But anyway, so my dad grew up, you know, going out there. Um, when I was a kid, when we lived in Kentucky, before we moved here when I was a teenager, every summer was mm. a week at Skinny Atlas. Um, and it, by that point, when I was a kid, my they had sold the property, the houses my grandfather mm. had, because they were getting older, and they just rented a place from family friends every single year, same yeah. place. And my grandparents rented it for the whole summer, and they would stay out there, and then we would come up for that week. But there was no, like, Disneyland or anything like that. It was, you're going to Skinny Atlas. Yeah. And um, and even the case when we moved up here, we had, you know, rented a place. And, and then at one point, my parents had bought a place and built a house and yada, yada, yada. So, but even still, now that they've sold that, um, even still, my brothers, my siblings, we all come up here. We rent a place every year, you know, uh, for the week. And we come up here this year. It's in July. And to me, as much as I'd love to live in Hawaii, <laughs> um, and I would, and there's still some part of me that... Like tr- in the jungle in a Volkswagen no, van? No, no, <laughs> no. Because they're there. Yeah, I know they are. <laughs> we met a couple of people that were like, yeah, I just moved here. and I lived on the beach for a couple months. Yeah. Um, no, I am like I'm. A, I'm definitely. Uh, my wife likes to say too bougie. You know, it's like I. I wanted us to fly first class to Hawaii, and granted, we were able to use miles to pay for like more than half of it. Um, so it wasn't this extraordinary expense, but still, and I just I like I want stuff like that. Sure, you know. Um, so if we lived in Hawaii, it would be a house. I would not live in a Volkswagen van in the jungle. <laughs> uh, I know a lady that has friends who live on the big Island and mm-hmm. they've recently, uh, they've lived there for, I don't know, about 10, yeah. maybe longer than that mm-hmm. years. And they've recently just uh, had water. Oh, installed. really? 
Oh, wow. So they're yeah. all excited about that. So yeah. That's how expensive it is to live there. Oh, yeah. We met a girl in uh, Oahu who was a bartender, and she grew up in the Big Island, and she was like, I grew up with no running water and no electricity. Yeah. You know? Is that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. And she was only like 25, 26, you know? So it's not like she was wow, in her yeah. yeah. Not like she was there in the 30s or right. the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. It's nuts. So, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You got MTV, but you don't have running water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so if I could live anywhere, it would be Skinny Atlas. I'd love to, don't get me wrong, if I was, I say this, like I asked Rebecca, you could live anywhere, where would you be? And I even, I've asked coworkers and friends the same question before, and they usually go to, um, not all the times with Rebecca, and Rebecca has, you know, she wants what she wants. Everybody wants what they want. But in my head, if somebody asked me, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? I, and if you're asking me that question, let's also assume I have $50 million in my bank account. I can live wherever I want to. 50, huh? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's just a random number. But let's say I'm not going to live anywhere in the world on the money that I make now, right? Like, if we're going to fantasize about yeah, this, yeah, sure, why we're going to do it right. Um, and so, yeah, if we were in Hawaii, it would be like, mm-hmm. you know, listen, it's never going to happen. Vic, I hate to tell you, but I'm never going to live in Hawaii. Um, yeah, I used to think that way about my business. Yeah. You know, I wish I had this because then I'd be able to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and then I got to the point where, you know, I need to stop doing it. It's like looking at the Sunday paper, all the ads in there and just looking at all the stuff yeah. that you wish you could buy. You know, it's like it's kind of a waste of time. So I realized that I need to focus on what I have. Yeah. And make the best of it. And we've gotten really good at that. Right. You know, uh, and that, that takes, that takes some, um, some discipline. Hell yeah. It takes a, uh, some, some discipline guts. to do that. And, yeah. you know, we've gotten to a place where we're doing pretty well. But, uh, you know, when, was that the restaurant that was in, in New York City? Mm-hmm. One, I forget what they call it. What, what is it called? Oh, man. Uh, it won like the best restaurant in the world. Okay. Title hmm. a few years ago. So what do you do hmm. when you win? Yeah. What do you What do you do? Right. He shut the place down. Hmm. Wow. They took everything out of the kitchen. Wow. And melted it all down. Hmm. Every spoon, skillet, and all that hmm. stainless steel tables, melted it all down, reopened, redesigned everything, redid the menu. Wow. And now it's a step that you step on before you can get into the dining room. <laughs> so you walk into the place, and there's like a little sign there letting you know yeah. that's what you're stepping on. Wow. And letting you know that you have to step through the old yeah. in order to get into the new. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so thinking that way, thinking about that and thinking that way, I'm, we started trying to figure out what are we going to do with Madison Bistro now? What's the next 10 years going to be? Yeah. What's it going to look like? So we have a beer and wine license. Mm-hmm. We serve beer, wine, hard ciders. We don't have a bar. Yeah. Uh, so you can't just sit there and knock them back. Right. You can sit at a table and chat with a friend or thumb your phone if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but eventually you're going to have to go because I need that table. <laughs> <laughs> For somebody who's going to buy some food. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, so we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could just have like signature cocktails? Yeah. Hmm. Not do shots or anything like that, but like just have like some really cool, clean, streamlined, classic cocktails, a Bloody Mary, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Uh, 
gin and tonic, uh, mojito, yeah, margarita. That's cool. I mean, just a few. Yeah. So we're 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 working on that now to oh, get cool. a full license, and that shouldn't be. It's really just a matter of giving them money. Yeah. Right. You know, once you once you get uh, obtain the license, yeah, they've already done the whole backyard right. back. Yeah, exactly. Check and they checked everything. Right. right. Wow. wow. Yeah. For I sure. didn't even know I got that ticket back then. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 they found everything. So yeah. they don't have to do that. And they have my fingerprints and all that. So we have yeah. a license. So it should be much easier hmm. to just upgrade that. That's so cool. that's in the works. Yeah. And uh, and creating more dishes that are not necessarily upscale, mm. but a hard find. Yeah. So dry-aged beef. Mm. Where we're at in the Oneida area yeah you know route five corridor you'd have to go to the casino yeah to get a dry aged steak mm-hmm. so i have the roasts mm-hmm. yeah we cut our own steaks so right. why why can't we just that'd be dry? cool so we're doing that that's awesome so we're gonna do that for the first time uh in june 3rd we're doing a 90 day dry age beef it's in the works right now it'll be ready june 3rd yeah oh buddy Dude, we've already got a reservation for four. Oh man! Like minutes after <laughs> I'm we put I, in that in minutes after I created the event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's an event already. So, yeah, somebody oh, calls yeah. a restaurant because yeah. I said, "Hey, these, this is not going to last for forever." Yeah, man. And it's going to fill up, and we're going to sell out. So, yeah. if you want to be on this, that's going to be funky. You're going to have ninety so, days. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's not cheap, yeah. but you know, because um, you get like thirty percent shrinkage. Yeah. When it ages. Yeah, for sure. But and then, you have, yeah, cutting everything off that was yeah. gone. Yeah. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, man, I bet. Yeah. Have you ever done it before? Yes. Yeah. But for myself, uh, and then we did it at the cooking school. Oh, cool. Yeah. San Antonio, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find Madison Bistro? In Wampsville. In Wampsville. So if you're coming off the thruway and you're heading towards, like, the casino, mm-hmm. you would get off in Canastota. Yeah. And go up to Route 5, take that up to Court Street once you get into Wampsville, and that'll take you straight down to us. We're right across the street from the courthouse, yeah, right next door to the post office with a little brick building in Wampsville, downtown Wampsville. <laughs> and you guys are on Facebook and Instagram, right? We are. Cool. We are. Yeah. yeah. Well, Vic, thanks so much for coming out, man. I thanks really appreciate it. Thanks for man. It's been fun. Well, there it is, everybody. That's my conversation with uh, Victor Ramirez from Madison Bistro. I'm not a Texan. Victor is a Texan, and uh, but he's a kindred spirit, you know? Like, I just feel connected to that guy, and he makes some really good fucking tune. So if you live out there, or if you don't, I don't know, but if they're doing takeouts right now, go out there and get some barbecue or get whatever's on the menu because everything that he makes is really solid. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button for the podcast. If the platform you're listening to this on has that feature, leave us a review. That means a lot. I've said it before. I stole it from Gary V. I'm going to say it again. Reviews on podcasts are our currency. It's like the lifeblood of the podcast, right? Not the lifeblood. It's the currency of the podcast. So leave us a review and let me know what you think of the Eat Local CMI podcast. You can find us on pretty much any social platform that exists. Just type in Eat Local CNY or go to eatlocalcny.com where you can purchase our Eat Local CNY card for $20. And that is a $5 reusable coupon. Works at 115 locally owned restaurants all across central New York. 
and the card doesn't expire until the end of December of this year. It's like the coupon book, but cooler. And I think that's it. Oh, no, right now we're donating 100% of all profits from sales in the local CMY card to the restaurant of your choosing. So basically, I took all the restaurants participating in the card. I created a coupon discount code on our website using their name with no spaces in their name. So when you check out in the discount code box, you can just type in the name of the restaurant that's on the card that you want the money to go to. Don't use any spaces when you type in their name. And then we're going to give them 100% of the profits. It's like $18.50, $19. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. And I'm going to catch you on the next episode. Something true just another lie. I don't want to waste all of your time Break your heart, baby, I just might I know how it feels to be lonesome Spend most of my days Having no one Dreaming you were out there Shining in the sun A lonely soul Hoping that they'd find someone Baby I hope it